Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. So these next few nights, uh, days and nights, um, I really believe that if we will set aside and sacrifice and consecrate time apart from our daily rhythm and cadence of our lives and insert a focus on the Lord Jesus and his promises and his power in our life, that it can change the trajectory of your life, that something supernatural can actually take place. How many of you know that the fire always falls after the sacrifice? How many of you know that uh, maybe during the time of fasting, you're not seeing the breakthrough, but the breakthrough will happen right after? Because God always comes on the sacrifice. The sacrifice goes first, and then the fire falls. And so I want to encourage you, uh, I I can't command you, but if I could, I would, to uh, not... Let the regular routine of your life crowd out these days that we've set aside to seek the Lord and and believe that incredible things are going to happen for you. The personal benefit of what you're going to invest these next few nights, uh, tonight, tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday night will be immeasurable in the in the setting up of this year. So set the conditions for God to do great things and supernatural things in your life. Uh, I believe that miracles will go into motion. I believe that issues that we have been struggling with will no longer have power over our lives. I've already uh, received testimonies from at least four people today that came up to me and just talked about how things just broke off of their lives today. It's just the beginning. It's the first fruit of what's going to happen in this entire church uh, as we pray and fast and seek the Lord. That that uh, there will be a renewed awareness of God's immeasurable love for you, that you'll understand that God is not mad at you, but he's mad about you, and that there'll be a new, fresh understanding that you and God, you're all good up in here, that uh, you don't have to do anything to earn his love. He already loves you with a love that, that he bankrupt heaven to prove, that the power of guilt and shame will be overtaken and replaced with freedom and liberty. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drill down on that today. That on, uh, on tonight, our families will be covered in prayer, the prayer of protection and the prayer of blessing. I want you to bring your children tonight. I want you to bring your families tonight. Bring your grandchildren. And we will have a special time of focusing on the family tonight and praying cover, uh, a prayer of coverage, uh, of protection, and then the blessing of God all over your life. Uh, and I really believe that that's necessary. How many want that? Amen, somebody? How many of you know How many of you know that you can't go everywhere your kids go? How many of you know you don't want to go everywhere your kids go? Praise the Lord. But, but you can send the protection of God. You can dispatch angels to care for them, to watch over them. And we're going to pray that today. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow night, uh, we're going to pray for, our, uh, for families tonight, finances tomorrow night. How many of you know that we want to be a church that when God asks us to do something, we respond with a yes? That we want to be equipped and prepared and blessed 
blessed to the point where we don't have to say we can't afford it, God. We can say, what do you want us to do next? How many of you know that when God's people are baptized with blessing and then released in generosity, that the kingdom of darkness gets pushed back and people's lives experience light and change like no other. Look, we, we, don't, we don't want your money to put, to put rims on Jeannie's truck. Come on, somebody. She's already hot mama enough. She don't need to be rolling, gangster leaning, whatever. I can't imagine that happening anyway. But, uh, but to, to me, we need to be able to be blessed so that we can advance the house of God. And, and if you're blessed in your house, then we'll be blessed in God's house. Amen. So we want to pray for breakthrough, for the closing of contracts, for the uh, renewing of uh, new business for you, for promotions in your jobs, for you to, to get jobs, for you to pr be promoted. And how many know that uh, God's able to prosper us? He's able to ex do exceedingly, abundantly, above we're able to what we're able to ask or think. Now, you got to ask and you got to think. You got to give them something to be exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. You can't just come in with your brain in neutral. You got to have a request and you got to have an ask and you got to have an expectation and then watch God exceed that expectation. And then on Tuesday night, we're going to pray for the lost. How many of you know that the Bible says that the harvest is ready? Therefore, pray ye, pray ye. The Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest. We're going to pray for divine appointments, divine connections, opportunities that people that used to say no to God or start saying yes to God. And, and some of you have loved ones and people you care about and people that you work with that need Jesus bad. And this is going to be the year of salvation. This is going to be the season of salvation in this church where people are going to start saying yes that have said no their whole life. Why? Because before they got here, we made a way where there was no way how because we prayed amen somebody so that's what's going on and then Wednesday night pastor's going to close it out and punch the devil in the mouth give the kingdom of darkness a nervous breakdown and bring glory to God amen somebody this is going to be a great week for the kingdom of God so I believe that uh, we're set up in a great way. And, and so this is going to be the biblical blueprint of how I'm going to lead you in prayer now, there's many things uh, in the kingdom of God that I don't know about, that I'm not uh, well-versed in, but there are a few things that God has anointed me to do. And one of them is to lead in corporate prayer, and, then, and another one is what I want to talk to you about today. And there's a lot of things I don't know how to do, but there's a couple things I do know how to do. And this next season of my ministry, I'm spending uh, leading people in prayer and breaking the power of this one thing off of God's people. If we can get this handled today, the rest of your year, the trajectory of it, the power of it, the, the materialization of the promises of God that are deposited in you, you're going to see things in, in an incredible, incredible way. And I believe it. I'm not just talking. I believe it because I've experienced it in my own life. So how many of you know that uh, Bible prayers are the prayers that you can pray with confidence to believe God will answer them? And how many of you know that, that uh, James talks about praying amiss, but the way that you don't miss in prayer is when you pray according to the blueprint, the biblical blueprint of prayer. And there are many different ways uh, and prayers in the Bible, but how many of you know that Jesus never knew nothing about unanswered prayer? 
He was completely synchronized with heaven. He knew exactly what to say and exactly what to pray. So here in uh, the gospel according to Luke, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, It came about that while he was praying in a certain place. Everybody say praying in a certain place. Now, how many of you know that there are always opportunities for you to pray wherever you want, but there are seasons in God where he anoints or consecrates or directs us to pray in a certain place. And for the next few nights, all the way through Wednesday night, Resurrection Life Church is the certain place that God wants us to pray. He wants us to come together in a certain place and pray. I mean, remember in Psalm uh, 133, it says, and there God commanded the blessing. So uh, God's going to command the blessing there. If you're not there to get it, the blessing still went there. You were somewhere besides there. But if you can get there, then you can get what happens there. And the blessing is commanded. And how many know when God commands a blessing, ain't nothing the devil can do about it. Amen, somebody? And so you got to get to the there place. You got to get to the certain place. I know that you can pray in your bathroom or you can pray in your shower. And I want you to do that. But there's going to be, we're setting aside time in God's house, the certain place, the their place where God wants to show up and visit us and change our lives and touch us and elevate us in a powerful way. So it came about that while he was praying in a certain place, after he had finished praying, one of the disciples, uh, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just like John taught his disciples to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but if Jesus is unpacking a teaching on prayer, then I think we ought to calibrate and incorporate that teaching into our prayer lives. So Jesus said this, hey, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, so what does hallowing his name? First of all, we need to understand that God's a father, that we, that we have to reinforce on a regular basis the paternal need in the human condition and our human faculties that we need some kind of connection with a heavenly father because our earthly fathers have done the best they could, but this is what we got. So there's got to be a paternal connection to God, our father. Uh, hallowed be, what does hallowing his name mean? And what is his name? And how many names does he have? And what are the attributes of those names? And what do those names provide? And how do we not take the Lord's name in vain? And, and I'm going to be teaching on that this week. But, but when Jesus said, when we hallow his name, it's just not just like saying his name. It's, it, there's a hallowing that, that needs to take place in the lives of Christians. And we need to be specific about the names of God and what they mean and, and drive out everything that's contrary or in vain or, or the opposite of what God is. And so then, and, and then he moves into to, to give us this day our daily bread. It's okay to pray about your money. It's okay to go to God with your household needs. Jesus incorporated it into the prayer because why? We're the ones with the needs and he's the one with the supply. Amen? How many of you know that God doesn't really need much from us? 
He was good without us. Amen, somebody? So we need him. We are made by God to have a God dependency faculty that when that's connected and operating, we're our best selves. We're happy and fulfilled and satisfied. And give us this day our daily bread. Meet the needs of my, of my family and my life. It's okay to pray that. We're not bothering God. And then when, when he moves into, you know, forgive us, that we're a community of forgivers that have been forgiven. And we're gonna unpack that a little bit this week. And then uh, my, the thing I wanna drill down on today is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, the agenda of our opponent. Lead us not into temptation. So what is this temptation that Jesus felt was so important for him to incorporate into the, the prayer outline, if you will, uh, when he taught us to pray that there's this, there's this part of the prayer that says you got to deal with temptation and you got to understand that God has delivered you from the results of that temptation. What is that? So when I was raised wrong... Obviously, I was raised with an afro and an attitude, amen? Lost the afro, the attitude's working its way out, but I'm still in my 35th year of marital therapy, amen? My wife has taken over for my parents who, uh, anyway. Uh, so, and she said, I'm almost done, and then she said, never mind. So we're still working on it. So there's this, there's this thing in us that, or in, that was in my upbringing, and it, and it, it, it lives in many of us that, that Jesus addresses by this temptation, uh, this thing on temptation, lead us not. Don't let temptation lead you. Let, let yourself be delivered from this thing. And, and, and my dad constantly was telling me, you're not enough. You're not going to make it. No one will follow you. you. You got a strong back and a weak mind. You know, you're never going to be nobody. No one, not, he was constantly telling me what I wasn't. And yet I have this heavenly father that's telling me I'm the head and not the tail. How many of you know there is a tail, but you're not it? Amen, somebody? I don't want to hang around the tail. I'm the head. He said, I'm above only and not beneath. That, that I, I have deposited on the inside, you have deposited on the inside of you 7,000 promises of God that are already yes and already amen to your life. That, that all of your children will be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. You don't have to push the panic button because the culture is in a bond sled going to hell picking up speed and passengers that we have spiritual immunity from the course of this world because we're the children of the most high God it's real man it's real we don't have to calibrate to the nonsense that's being dumped into our living rooms that we can stand strong on the rock who is Christ Jesus and and so so Many times we're in this conversation that we're not enough, you're not enough, it's not going to happen. So, so what is the temptation? The temptation can best be described by what happened to Eve in the garden. Now, I know Adam blew it too, but Adam has an explanation. Amen? I know Adam probably went to God and said, God, what do you want me to do? She was naked. Amen? Whenever a naked lady makes a suggestion, I don't know about y'all, I'm saying yes. It works in my house. You want a new car? Okay, let's go. Get dressed first, but let's go. 
Amen. So I'm not mad at Adam. It just happens. It's a guy thing. So how? I'm sorry. If you're going to write a letter, just put a check in it. And just send it to Dwayne. He has lost all discernment on guest speakers. Thank you. I, it's been a privilege being a visitor for the last time. Thank you. So how did the devil slither into Eden and get two people to sin who weren't sinners? Sin had not yet entered the world. So how is he getting people who aren't sinners, who are created in the image of God, to abandon who they are before sin ever entered? One way, shame. Shame says you're not enough. Shame says you can't get enough. And shame says God is not enough. And so here the devil goes to Eve and says to Eve, hey, look it. You can be like God if you go outside of your obedience to God. He talked her out of and into sin by getting her distracted off of who she already was. You're already the righteousness of God in him. Why are you trying to be righteous? Why are you trying to do righteous? You are righteous. You are, the Bible says that you've died and your life is hidden in Christ in, with God. When God looks at you, he's devised a way to look at you and not look at you, but to look at Jesus because you're hidden with Jesus. Jesus is hiding you. He's covered you. When God looks at you, he's not looking at what you did. He's looking at what Jesus did why because you're hidden by Christ he's got you covered baby he's got you covered God God's not even looking at your sin he's not even looking at your mess and your miss he's looking at Jesus's victory listen it doesn't matter I mean it does matter but it doesn't matter what people have done to you or what you've done to yourself in comparison to what God has done for you. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. You can't get shamed out of who you are. But the devil comes and said, listen, if you, if you take a bite of this, your eyes will be open. Her eyes were already open. What's wrong with you girls? He said, you'll know the knowledge uh, between good and evil. She already knew. Don't eat from that tree and everything else is good. She already knew that. How did he talk her out of what she already knew? He said, you'll be like God. Last time I checked, he said, let us make man and woman in our image. She was already like God. So the way you and I, huh, the way you and I get stunted or hindered or hampered in our connection with God and our prayers being answered is that we operate from the platform sitting at the negotiating table being tutored by the spirit of shame. We got to break shame in Jesus' name. And then like this church aflame. Amen. And I'll keep on rhyming the rest of the week. Just give me a chance. Amen, somebody. So let's look, at, let's look at this shame thing. As Jesus is teaching on prayer, go back to Luke 11 and look at verse 5. 
He's continuing his teaching on prayer and teach us to pray. He says, okay, let me teach you. He said, verse five, so he said to them, suppose one of you have a friend and, they, and, he come, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. Hmm. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Everybody say, I have nothing. Now look at me. He's talking about prayer. And many times we come to God, the guy behind the door has the supply, the guy on the other side of the door has the need. And he is putting a demand on the man, supply and demand, not like we demand, but there's supply and demand. There's, there's the provider and the one who needs what the provider has. So he comes to the door and he's saying, I have a need and I can't meet my own need. And I know that you got what I need on the other side of these three inches of wood. If you wouldn't mind, I don't have what it takes, but you have what it takes. And would it be all right if you can give me what I need? And, and so I have nothing to meet my need. And from inside, he shall answer and say, don't bug me. The door has been shut. Me and the kids are in bed, and I can't get up and give you anything. Everybody say, I have nothing. Can't get anything. That's a lot of people's prayer life right there. Jesus is teaching on prayer. Why do we have to be experts on unanswered prayer when Jesus never had one unanswered prayer? And he's teaching on prayer. He said too many people, too many of God's people, have nothing and can't get nothing because of this one thing. Shame. Watch, watch, watch. You guys all right? Because we're going to break shame off in Jesus' name and then watch what happens to your life. Now watch, amen. So verse 8 says, I tell you that even though, these are the words of Jesus, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend. I know that we're friends of God, but it's obviously not enough. It's obviously being a friend of God isn't the thing that gets our prayers answered because Jesus said he doesn't get up and give him anything because of their friendship, their relationship. He said, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now watch this. That word persistence is used one time in the entire Bible. It might even say it in your margin. It basically means shamelessness. Yet because of his shamelessness or his persistence as a result of shame being broken, his shameless persistence, because he took shame and said, shut up, that guy's got what I need, and I am not going to let the fact that I don't have nothing, and it's midnight, and the guy's got kids, and they're in bed, and he's in bed. It doesn't matter. My need is going to supersede the opposition or the obstacle that I'm facing, and in order to get through that, I got to tell shame to shut up. I got to quit letting my guilt and my mistakes and, and the internal conversation that tells me I'm not enough, I'm never going to get enough, and God's not enough. I got to go outside of God to get what I need. I got to tell that to shut up, and I'm going to God, and he's going to open the door. Amen. Why? Because I'm his kid. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that your kids, 
don't deserve half of the stuff they get. They just got born into the right family. Amen. You just spent too much money on Christmas. Why? Because it's your doggone kids. They wanted the bicycle. Uh, you know they ain't even going to ride the bicycle. You go buy the bicycle. Yeah. Why? Why? You're, you're, they just got born in the right family. That's why kids drive me crazy when they, when they be like, I didn't ask to be born. And I always say, and if I knew it was going to be you, I wouldn't have had no kids. Sorry. It's right here in my Bible. So, verse 9. Verse 9, Jesus said, I say to you, now he's talking about breaking shame. He says, I say to you, knock and it shall be open. Seek and you'll find. Ask and it shall be given. Verse 10, for everyone who asks receives. Everybody say everyone. everyone. Now, wait a minute. Everyone must not mean everyone because we know some, uh, some everyones that have been asking in there, they got tonsillitis because they've been asking so much. They, they, he said, everyone who knocks, it shall be open. I know folks whose knuckles are bleeding and it still hasn't even opened a crack. I know people who seeking and now they need glasses. And they haven't found yet. How long have you been looking for a husband? Now you know what I'm talking about. Okay, let me move over here. So he said, if you're seeking, you're going to find. If you're knocking, it shall be open. If you ask everyone, it happens to everyone. But everyone isn't everyone. It's everyone who has broken shame who asks gets it. Whoever, whoever's broken shame who seeks finds. Who's insistent, you cannot. Pursue the purpose of God and be tutored by shame simultaneously. How many of you have ever in your walk with God gotten stuck? Don't raise your hand. I can just tell by looking. (laughs) So can you. I went through that. Folks in the balcony, I went through that stuck thing. A few years ago, I, I just couldn't get myself I couldn't get my nose out of my navel for some reason. I was just cemented there. And I got into this conversation, uh, Don, I got into this conversation where, you know, what they did to me and what I did to myself. And I guess I'm not enough. And I guess God's done with me. And I guess I'm a dinosaur. And God, you don't want to use my voice anymore. It's all right. I'll just sit here with my two best friends. Ben and Jerry. <laughs> they just sit here. And, and I, I remember I went to, my wife suggested I go to counseling, which I don't know how good of an idea that was because every counselor I went and saw was just like, can I talk? Because <laughs> I would just go into counseling and just talk for an hour, give them 150 bucks and leave, and nothing, and I would feel like, they're not helping me. I never asked any questions. So, and, and even, if I, even if they wanted to say something, I said, well, let me finish. Let me finish. And then it was time to go. And they were like, next week. I'll answer those questions next week. And then I was like, they suck. They're, they're horrible. They're horrible. So uh, and I never got any help. And I never took one thing that any of them said because no, no one ever had a chance to say anything. And I just stayed stuck. And I was in pain. And I was in a bad place. And I was trying to preach my way. And it just, it it wasn't working. And I remember the day that Jesus visited me. 
And he said, the same words that he said to the Apostle Paul or Saul of Tarsus, get up and stand on your own two feet and stand up on purpose. And I remember I got up. I said, that's it. I'm going back to traveling. I'm going back to preaching. I'm getting back into my prayer closet. I don't care if I'm hurting or not. And about a year and a half ago, I checked myself and I wasn't hurting anymore. I couldn't detect, my responses weren't the same. I wasn't responding out of that place of pain. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, your purpose has redeemed your pain. Now listen, the reason why your opponent, the enemy of your soul, wants to keep you in guilt and shame is so that you cannot be healed. And so that you operate from a place of pain all of your life because until you step into purpose, you're always trying to get somebody to figure out your pain. But if you can just give yourself to your purpose, your purpose will redeem your pain. And you no longer have to get into this conversation that I'm not enough. Because how many of you know that God's enough in you? Christ in you. You don't have to be enough. He makes you enough. Amen? Christ in you is the hope of glory. That your purpose exceeds your problems. Amen, somebody? That if we can get on purpose. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. When we get out of this conversation with our shame and get on purpose, the Bible says that if you ask, you receive. If you seek, you find. If you knock, it gets open to you. What actually happens is that your prayer life, the power of your prayer life elevates and exceeds your situation and you start busting through those barriers that shame held you in. And this happened in my life. I walked in shame for many years until one businessman, his name was Larry. We were having lunch in San Diego and we're having a conversation and he's asking me about some stuff and, and, and he said, Steve, with all due respect, you got shame on you, man. I said, I don't know what to do about that. I was raised wrong. I was put down my whole life. I was told I couldn't do it more than I, than, than, than I could do it. And God says you can do all things. And my dad used to say you can't do anything. And I didn't know what father to line up with. And this man said, I'm going to pray a prayer over your life. And I'm going to break shame off of your life. And in 24 hours, the trajectory of my Christianity took a turn. And I haven't stopped since. Amen, somebody? So listen. Today, we're going to break shame off of your life. Now, let me just say one more thing. Jesus put, two more things. Jesus put such, three more. Jesus put so much emphasis on the fact that we were not to be led by the temptation that says you're not enough. You can't get enough and God's not enough. It was so important to him that we did not replicate Eve's and Adam's mess up. That he incorporated it into the way he taught us to pray. 
It's so important that we need to pray every day that we are not led by shame, the temptation to think that you're not enough and that you can't get enough and that God's not enough that, and you're delivered from that mindset that held you captive in this sub-level living as, as God's people living. Say, listen, listen, you got a big life. Don't live it in a small way. There's huge things on the inside of you. There's 7,000 promises deposited in your spirit when you get born again. And they're all already yours. Just let them out and be who you're called to be in Jesus' name. Now this is the last thing. I need the piano person, please. With, play something good. Amen. Do not play, it was just my imagination once again running away with me. (laughs) Listen, I cannot, and you might think I'm weird. I want to just confirm that by the next thing I'm going to say. I cannot remember the last time I gave myself permission to feel guilty. I can remember the last time I was guilty. But I cannot remember the last time I let myself feel guilty. Now, if my behavior hurts somebody, I'll repent and repair. But I'm not going to do it from a place of being a worm. I'm going to do it from a place of humility. And I'm going to repair the hurt that I've caused. But I'm not going to do it from a place of shame and guilt. I'm going to do it from a place of authentic love for God that says I've hurt somebody and i got to fix this. And I'm not going to let that tutor me and I'll repair it the best I can. But listen to me. You cannot get into your purpose and carry guilt and shame at the same time. Can't do it. You cannot get your prayers answered and still sit at the negotiating table with your mistakes. And either what God has done for you is stronger than what people have done to you or what you've done to yourself or you're not, or it's not. And if you can get shame off of you today, 2016 will be ridiculous. When you look back, you'll be like, oh my gosh. The blessings of God are humongous and there's no sorrow added to it. So I believe God has brought me here today to break shame off of God's people. And I'm not saying everybody in this room deals with shame but I'm saying Jesus said pray about it and so this morning what I'd like to do is I'd like to snap the spine of shame off of your life in Jesus name and then we're going to press into God with our number one prayer request and I'm telling you that this is going to be the year of answered prayer in this church this is going to be the year of financial breakthrough and this is going to be the year of salvations like crazy amen because of this moment right here let's all stand in Jesus name and lift your hands to God 
And I want you to join your faith with mine and I'm joining my faith with yours. And in the name of Jesus, just worship him for a moment, but in the name of Jesus, Jesus, you are the name that is above everything that is named. Everything has a name, but Jesus' name is above everything that is named. And it's above the name of shame. And shame in the name that is above you. We as the people of God, as the community of faith known as Resurrection Life Church, in that great name, we declare you have to bow your knee and you have to confess that you are not Lord, but Jesus Christ is Lord. And we are going to calibrate our lives to what God says about us and not to what shame says about us. You are enough. God will give you enough and your God is enough in the name of Jesus I take authority over the voice of shame and I silence that voice in the name of Jesus and I release the people of God to not be led into temptation but be delivered from the agenda of our opponent and catapult us oh God into answered prayer and into a powerful life in the name of Jesus. Now let me pray for you, Lord. I pray that you baptize this house in a spirit of prayer. That your house will be known as a house of prayer for the nations. Lord, baptize this place in prayer. Now I want you to take one minute and just tell God your number one prayer request right now. Lord, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my finances. I'm praying for my future. I'm praying that I be, my body would be healed, that my prodigal will come home, that my negativity will drop off, that my pessimism will be operating now with optimism, that my doubt will be replaced with faith, that my love will overtake everything that has hurt me, that God, you're going to baptize me with generosity and life and love. Oh God, just pray your number one prayer request. Pray for the heart pray for your life pray for whatever is in you and Lord I join my faith with this great church and Lord we agree and declare so be it unto me according to the promises of God now set these miracles in motion like you promised us Lord Jesus now take somebody's hand very quickly and look at me for one more minute you all are so awesome I'm so privileged. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You just, if you could see what I'm looking at. Oh. You're here today. And as it pertains to your eternity, you might be in the last row of the balcony. And you're seeking God, but you don't know, you know. And you're living life with a question mark and you're saying today hey I, I want to erase that question mark I want to put an exclamation point I don't want to give the devil any more days of my destiny I don't want to sit at the negotiating table with my enemies trying to cut a deal I want to cut off my past I want to unhook that U-Haul full of junk and I want to ride and fly God has made you with wings, so fly, baby, fly. And you want God to cut off your past and make you a new creation. 
So the only influence in your life is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you stop worrying about and regurgitating your upbringing. Where you're brand new. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not your past. And you're saying, I need to come to Jesus. Or I need to come back to Jesus. Because I've been out doing my thing. And you want that today. With every hand held and every heart open. I want you to pray this prayer after me and mean business with God. Say, Heavenly Father, today is my day. I admit it. Been doing my own thing. Going my own way. And today, I ask you to forgive me for that. I invite you to come into my heart. To take charge of my life. And Lord, even if nobody goes with me, Still, I will follow you. I'm never going back to my old life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Plant me in the house of God. And empower me for destiny. Living shame free. In Jesus name. Now don't let go of that hand. You prayed that prayer. And you asked Jesus to come into your life. Or you reconnected with God after a season of being away. And you prayed that prayer and you meant it. I'm going to count to three. And if that was you, I want you to gently squeeze the hand of the person that you're holding when I say three. Just gently go, man, that was me. You've been waiting for this all of your life, man. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He's calling you. Don't let shame stop you from this moment. One. Two. In the balcony. Three, squeeze that hand. You're coming to the Lord. You're coming back to the Lord. You're coming home. Oh. Now, if someone squeezed your hand, I'm going to count to three one more time. And if someone squeezed your hand, when I say three, I want you to lift it to the Lord. Ready? One, two, three. Lift it right now. Lift it. Boom. Leave it up. Wow. In the balcony. All through. Now, watch. I'm going to count to three one more time. If someone squeezed your hand, this is not a negotiation. Say, come on, I'll go with you. And I want you to bring them right down here to Pastor and me. Come on, Pastor. On the count of three, one, two, three. Bring these people to Jesus. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's give him praise. Eternities are changing in this moment. scarier up close I know but every sin every mistake man 
feeling the Lord touch you. It's all good. He loves you. It's going to be all right. Your forgiveness and your prayers and your never-say-quit attitude has accumulated and is consummated in this moment and God's touching this man because of that. You just need to know that. Listen, listen to me, young man. There ain't nothing back there for you. No person, no place, no thing. You're going to spend a season going deep into God. Now watch this. Hold on. And there'll come a a moment of release. And God's going to send you back. And you're going to light on fire everybody that was crazy. Amen. From your past. And God's going to use you to gather and evangelize a generation in Jesus' name. But you got to put your roots down. You hear me? Don't be messing around with this. Amen. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.